Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayers Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning, but before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we just thank you for today, and we thank you for that another wonderful opportunity to come together into your word, Lord, and into your presence, God. We thank you for the wisdom that you've placed here before us, God, and that you have shared and given to us through the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, and we thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you continue to do, Lord. So we just thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning as we continue our study of the Word and our discussion in the book of Acts. So this morning, we are covering in Acts chapter 21, verses 26 through 40. So, can I get a volunteer to read that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, having been purified with them, entered the temple to announce the expiration of the days of purification, at which time an offering should be made for each one of them. Now when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, the law, in this place. And furthermore, he has also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously in Trophimus the Ephesian with him in the city, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was disturbed, and the people ran together, seized Paul, and dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. Now as they were seeking to kill him, news came to the commander of the garrison that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains. And, and he asked him who he was and what he had done. And some among the multitude cried one thing and some another. So when he could not ascertain the truth because of the tumult, he commanded him to be taken into the barracks. When he reached the stairs, he had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying out, Away with him! Then as Paul was about to be led into the barracks, he said to the commander, May I speak to you? He replied, Can you speak Greek? Are you not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up a rebellion and led the 4,000 assassins out into the wilderness? Then Paul said, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Sicilia." in Silcia, a citizen of no mean city, and I implore you, permit me to speak to the people. So when he had given him permission, Paul stood on the stairs and motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great silence, he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, saying, Dun, dun, dun. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. Well, yes, so there is a, a bit of a cliffhanger in there on account of we're have well our pattern if you will is to stop at the chapters so but the story continues it does continue <laughs> <Beyond> the <right>? chapter. 
which you know, going historically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just for everybody's you know knowledge, the chapters and verses were added much later mm-hmm. when they, when scripture was first written. It was just continuous. Mm-hmm. So that's why now, as it's broken up with chapters and verses, there are these quote unquote not issues, but these odd breaks <laughs> in the reading or in the text. A little bit of suspense, but you can always read ahead. Yes. So, well, so we're stopping there for that reason, but also there is a lot in here, this part of, I'll say, the story of, of Scripture, right, for us to discuss. So we're opening up the floor at this time to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Lord is speaking and ministering to you through Holy Spirit and to ask any questions that you may have. So who would like to begin? I will. All right, Layla. Last time we gathered here, we were talking about Paul and how he was willing to do what James had um, suggested that he did when he went to go to the temple to be purified with the four other men who were coming to do their, to shave their heads for some reason. And we they see had taken here, a vow. Oh, yes, that's right. They had <laughs> they taken, taken a vow. vow. <laughs> and um, it was time for their purification. So that was the conclusion of their vow. And their time that they had sing, um, consecrated themselves to the Lord. Yes, thank you, Mommy. You're welcome, dear. And then we see as these um, Jews from Asia stir up the crowd again. And as they're dragging Paul away, Paul wasn't um, trying to hurt the Jews in return, going, get your filthy hands off me. I'm a righteous, innocent man. He's not trying to defend himself. He's allowing the Lord to intervene on his behalf and have the Lord deal with the situation in however way he wants to and paul is just you know, kind of kind of like a kid going along with their parents going all right and mommy you said something all right let's go and we see paul interacting with the jews this way and i think it's a very good thing to see because especially today we like to defend ourselves when we feel like we're in danger or in peril of being unjustly accused or punished for something we immediately try to put our hands on it and defend ourselves whether it's by words or physical acts of you know with with your hands or something and it and the lord was just reminding me that we see throughout the scriptures the lord fighting the battles of those who are submitted to him they didn't have to worry and fear about What's going to happen? What are they going to do to me? Because they could trust in the Lord, their God, to preserve them and keep them and bring them to the place he had for them and bring them to the end of their journey in the way that he wanted it to be brought. Even with David, David wasn't going, oh, Saul, oh, Saul, muttering in his sleep. I'm going to kill Saul the first time I see him, rip his robe off and beat him with it. He wasn't doing that. He said, oh, Lord, my God, I trust in you. And you see that throughout the Psalms. Moses had the same thing. Abraham had the same thing. And we, because of this pattern, we can rightly deduce and deduct that we can trust the Lord with everything and anything and know that he's going to bring a good outcome for us. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. God will always, he always gives us his best. And, you know, the way we consider that as humans, we think God's best means I get everything done the way I want it. I have everything that I think I should have and things work out the way I think they should. But for Paul, his desire, um, like the Lord, Jesus's desire was to do the will of the Father, and even to the point of being ready to lay down his natural life, because he had full confidence and expectation that his life would continue in in eternity with Christ. So 
being saved from death is not always the culmination of the perfect will of God. It's not always the plan, right? Because um, the disciples told Jesus when he told them he was going to die on the cross, they, they forbade him and they tried to, they, they thought they were correcting him and giving him, you know, the better idea and the right mindset. But the Lord said to them, get behind me, Satan, you're a stumbling block and you don't know the things of the father. You're not even considering them, that it was actually God's plan that the Lord Jesus would die and then be raised again. But if he had not died, we would not have salvation today. So, you know, you have to, you have to consider that and to ponder, especially when it comes to how we walk with the Lord, the Lord sees the biggest, the biggest picture there is not just the bigger picture for the moment, but he has the perfect will and the perfect plan. And Christ was fully willing to die, but also Paul was fully willing to die as he was coming to this place in time, the Lord told him through the Holy Spirit just to continue to confirm with him, this is still the plan, this is the way we're going, even though the people around him didn't understand. And and even James, and with his counsel and recommend, recommendation, didn't fully understand everything that the Lord was moving in and working in and doing. And although on in this in the natural it probably seemed like wise counsel, but it was actually the catalyst. So which tells us that we can overturn God's plans. You know, if it's a divinely appointed plan and the person that is the subject of said plan of God is willing to go with the Lord, we should just mind our business, if you will, and support, support the will and the plan of God and hold them up in our prayers. Um, and please pardon me for saying mind our business, but you know, that's how the Lord talks to me sometimes as he closes the curtains on matters that I'm trying to peer into that are none of my business. So. <laughs> Um, well, he has the right to do so. If yes, anyone he does. does. Yes, he does. But just considering it that way, God, God loves Paul more than anybody ever could. And I wonder if James felt bad. Like, man, I told him I tried to tell him to do the right thing, and now he's getting taken away. And if I'd have just left him alone, he would have been fine. But no, the reality is this was God's divine plan for him to see Rome, uh, Paul to go to Rome and to preach the gospel there, but not preach it from a far off distance, distant place. He full, God fully intended for Paul to be able to influence Caesar mm-hmm. and the household Amen. of Caesar in an up close and personal way. So, you know, just as we, we walk with God, let's stay with him and take our seat in heavenly places with him and observe and perceive what he's doing from his perspective, not from a down up mm-hmm. perspective as someone who's on the bottom or um, from a natural human perspective, but see things the way he does so that we can understand him and walk with him. Um, when I read this, I used to always go, man, if they had just made this decision, if you had just turned, <laughs> you, if you bobbed when you, you know, if you hadn't bobbed when you should have weaved, you would have, you would have been okay, Paul, you would have made it, you would have made it. But that was a, an immature and an un, ungodly perspective. He was actually right in the middle of what God wanted him to do. And it, so he didn't even do anything wrong. And Absolutely. the, because the Lord is the one orchestrating it, just like in the case of our Lord and Savior. Um, Mommy, as you said that Paul had to be in alignment with the Lord, the Lord's also showing me in order. Um, Leo was talking about how Paul wasn't kicking and screaming about how he was innocent. And the Lord's also showing me that in order to get to that place, we're not just supposed to say constantly mutter, I'm not going to do that. But we have to allow the Lord's will to become ours and understand that the Lord loves those people as 
he loves those people as well. Mm-hmm. And that it's not just us and think that we're God's um, favorite person and that everyone else just is supposed to get in line with that. Mm-hmm. But to understand that the Lord also loves others and that we're, because we're on the earth, we're supposed to show that love to others. Amen. Amen. The Lord does love everybody. And Jesus's blood was shed for everyone else on the world, in the world, just like it was shed for me. You know, sometimes we can think salvation, this salvation is our personal product that we came up with and we can get to decide who deserves to hear it or have an opportunity. But that, that again, that's not our business. That's not our place. <laughs> that's reserved for the Lord. And um, just to keep in mind, and, and I appreciate what you said, Promise, that Paul wasn't slandering them. He wasn't calling for fire to to get them. Um, he wasn't, you know, doing anything. But actually, as you as we'll read as we continue um, in the the oncoming chapters, he took the opportunity to preach the gospel to the crowd that was drawn to shed his blood. He took the opportunity to preach the word to them so that they'd have an opportunity of faith. Um, and to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we know that that was Holy Spirit working in him, and it is absolutely commendable. Yes, yes, my love. And the Lord also brought me to Timothy 3.6. Okay. Sorry, Titus 3.6. Titus, okay, read it to us. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves also once foolish, disobedient, deceiving, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of our God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. We'll also read 7. Mm-hmm. That having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. Uh-huh. Okay. And we can see what Paul was doing inside of the situation where Paul was getting beaten inside the temple. And the Lord also reminded me that in order for us to act physically to, like Paul, we can't be much. Um, thinking inside our minds how we're going to injure those people or end their lives, mm-hmm. but then try to rein in inside of rain our rein in our physical emo not emotions actions so mm-hmm. that we don't do that inside the physical because mm-hmm. it'll appear um, sooner or later. It will come out of you as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Mm-hmm. And comes with a renewing of the mind and saying, telling the Lord that we allow Him to. Not think our thoughts for us, but to give us everything that we need to fulfill what he has for us. Amen. There are foundational principles in the word of God that tell us how we are to carry ourselves and to consider. It shares God's heart and perspective. And so we put into practice what he's already taught us through his written word. And then we listen to his leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit in the moment and we take the strength that he provides, that Holy Spirit provides to encourage us and help us walk it out. But he's already said pretty well, um, be angry and sin not, give place to wrath, which means not, hey, come on in wrath, I'm going to be angry and get a, you know get in someone's, someone's face about something. But it means that we don't take that opportunity when it says the word says be angry and sin not, 
and don't let the sun go down on your wrath. We have all those things that are in place that tell us that unbridled anger or trying to vindicate yourself, right? If you're thinking about vindicating yourself, anger is involved with that. You just can't separate the two. If you're thinking about revenge, anger is involved with that. You just can't separate the two. If you're thinking about fighting and I'm going to go fight them and not defend yourself, but I'm going to start a fight. Anger is involved with that. Mm-hmm. You cannot separate the two and pretend like one isn't present. So we apply the word that's already been provided to us, right? And we meditate on his word. We mutter that and we speak that to ourselves daily and we don't give our our emotions, our, our mind or environmental contacts that we've been previously exposed to old way of doing things the old man we don't let that well up on the inside of us but we remove it and we get rid of it and we submit to God as often as necessary so that we can stay in obedience to the Lord my love you had something you wanted to say yes um so we've talked about a lot of things right and Mm -hmm. the, the biggest one though is just in order to fully participate or cooperate with the Lord and his plan and what he's doing, we have to put the our entirety of our faith, hope, and trust in the Lord. Amen. The As you brought up, honey, honey, the instruction that he received, the counsel he received from, from James and the elders wasn't bad counsel. No, it wasn't. <laughs> or no, it was, I mean, on, on the surface, <laughs> you could argue it checked all the boxes. It, it By people that were so intent on bringing everything before the law, it should have sufficed. They should have been pleased with what Paul and those with him, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, went through. Right, the whether it was the Nazarite vow, whether it was a you know that for purification, right? As you saw yes. with Aaron and his sons for for the Levites and. Uh, dedicating the the tabernacle, right? Yes. There was the element and aspect of they're following the law. So on the surface and in a natural mind, people should have understood and gone, okay, we'll give you a chance. I I see that you're doing this, right? Because Mm -hmm. the issue was that, and the, the claim against them was that they were not following the law. And he tried to, and they tried to accuse him of telling other people um, to disregard God, basically is what they were saying, but they were focusing on the law of Moses. Um, exactly. But there's a key verse. There is. Key verse. verse read it, read it, honey, honey. <laughs> verse 29, that gives clarity to all this. It says, for they had previously seen um, Trophimus, the Ephesian, with him in the city, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. So they were so carried about with their anger. They were so self-righteously indignant that they disobeyed the law, right? In all regards, because it's on the count of the witness of two or three, let every word be established. So if someone is accused of a sin, there have to be two or three credible witnesses, right? Mm -hmm. And you are not allowed to murder to uphold the law? How does that work? <laughs> right, exactly. So so I just, I, I brought it up because I want to just encourage the listeners. You cannot put your faith, your hope, your trust in people. It has to be completely and entirely and only in the Lord. Mm-hmm. People are people. You know, whether they mean well or they don't, right? Because clearly we can see both in this, this story, mm-hmm. this section of scripture. They were unable 
or unwilling, either one, right, to give Paul the benefit of the doubt. Yes. To, right? And instead they accused him and created, you could say on the in the natural, more trouble for him. Although we know, of course, hindsight being 2020, as it were, that this was in the perfect plan and will of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's exactly as the Lord had shared and described, saying, hey, he's going to suffer many things for my sake. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, honey, honey, even with all this, he still took advantage of the opportunity, right? Amen. To preach the word to them, even while they were so upset and literally wanting to kill him. Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage people, put your trust in the Lord. Put all your faith in the Lord for everything and do what he's called you to do. People are going to n- misunderstand they're not, or just not understand, please, not want to understand and, and some are going to be in opposition to you. But when you stand before your, your f- heavenly father, and when we are judged, there's only one person whose well done matters. Amen. And that's day to day. That's right now too. His Amen. Voice right. is the only, his approval is the only one that matters. <laughs> that's it. So, so just understand, right? Yes. And choose to move forward in the things of the Lord, in what he's called you to do. Amen. And let him work out the details. Amen. Let his will be done so that the Father can be glorified. Amen. 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 Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for just showing us the right things that I need to know, Lord, and just giving us wisdom, Lord, so that we're able to go about our day-to-day, Lord, and just... Showing us the right way to go, Lord, and just giving us the Holy Spirit, Lord, to show us the right way, Lord. And Lord, I also thank you for just blessing us, Lord, and blessing us with all the blessings you have for us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry inspiring messages and coupon codes for the merch shop visit our website adayofprayer.org click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form be sure to check the box that says subscribe thank you for listening to a day of prayer we trust the lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with christ Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.